guess I chose a really bad time to jump on the birthing pod bandwagon. Good evening and welcome to episode 97 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, the two regular hosts. First of all, it's Travis. Wait, I'm first? I'm usually oh, last. Loop there, huh? Yeah, I know. What is changing? I don't want change. I fear change. And of course, we have some guy named Will. Remember how last week we piled on a whole lot on Travis because, you know, Alabama lost? Well, this week we got to do the same thing, just only later in the cast. Okay, that shouldn't be difficult. It's really fun, though. I hear Alabama lot. I hate you guys. <laughs> so, we've got a full slate tonight. We're going to talk about uh, the rest of Fate Reforged, and we're going to take a look at the modern bannings. Uh, before we do that, there's a couple of things I want to clarify, having played in the pre-release. Uh, Travis was right. Monastery Siege is busted. That card uh-huh. is really good. And almost single-handedly won the bolster free. stuff. No, is that bolster stuff. No, the monastery siege is the blue mm-hmm. one that lets you loot every turn. Yep. Oh. Or just turn on the whole like you can't use your removal efficiently anymore. Yeah. Well, it it doesn't help against uh, murderous cut because they can delve the extra two. But yeah, th- that cut is really good. I-, I played in the sealed. I played a. Um, like a Salte deck splashing white for a couple of unnecessary things that I just didn't want to go without, and ended up playing a 46-card deck that just went to the long game every single time, and I lost one game, and that was the game I got stuck on three lands. Like, it was well, just, it was silly. Make you lose. Also, Ghastly Conscription? Yeah, that card is not reasonable. I don't Which know what these Ghastly cards do. Ghastly Conscription is the one... Uh, uh, wait. Oh. Oh, you you yeah, exile all the creatures. Rise of the Dark Realms. Yeah, it is, but it's cheaper than a Rise of the Dark Realms, and Rise of the Dark Realms is not unlimited. Anyway, I mean, anything can be unlimited if you try and keep hard enough. It, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, last week when we spoke and I, I mentioned a certain blue card, or that I believed would be uh, rather expensive, and it was five dollars. What's the uh, what's the price on a Torrent Elemental as of uh, right now? There, well. A dollar fifty. You're a liar. Torrent Elemental is up to eight bucks. Eight bucks and counting. And as soon as it starts seeing play in standard at an SCG, it'll go even higher. I'm telling you, that card is real. So let's start in red. Had had they left Treasure Cruise in modern, I could see it going up even more. But now, what's Treasure Cruise got to do with it? Got to do with it. What's Treasure Cruise? But a second. I mean, that's going to be the best way to exile it. Well, it's still legal and standard. Uh, Modern doesn't drive cards to twenty-five bucks when they're still in print. Standard does, unless you're talking. About I would say all right. Unless you're talking about foil commons like Treasure Cruise. Anyway, we'll get to the bannings later on. Who's got uh, Who's got the card image gallery up and wants to start us off on the first red card from Fates Reforged? Uh, so, if we're going alphabetically, the first uh, red card would be Alicia, Alesha, A-L-E-S-H-A, 
whichever, if you prefer just, you know, going out letters, who smiles at death. Hey, hey, Will. And then gives it a rub and tug. <laughs> that makes this next sentence even better. Isn't your sister's name Alicia? I mean, no, it's not. You guys are the worst. <laughs> Literally the worst. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure I I'm right. just on doing this. I mean, if she's going to smile at death, I mean, no. what's she going to do for, like, a Big Mac? Take it off. <laughs> By the way, Will, is your sister hot? Alicia, who takes it off for food. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just no. Alicia, who sucks for an iced cappuccino. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, not your That's sister. The worst. Yeah, we are. Just the worst. So, I actually think this card is very, very good and so, has potential applications in uh, modern as well as standard. But it only brings back, like, the best card it brings back is, like, Hornet Queen. Mm. You sure about that? I mean, it does bring back Hornet Queen. bring back Clever Impersonator? Yep. Well, they're too... Oh. But what if they don't have anything in play? Uh, okay. Then you don't bring back Clever Impersonator, and you just keep hitting them with your 3-2? Seems a reasonable plan. So, clearly, you're... Clearly, your plan has failed on all counts. This is what I, I think has happened. So, how about how about this? So, here's a, here's a potential sequence of plays, okay? Uh, turn one, you play a tapped shockland, whatever. Turn two, you go tormenting voice, discarding Golgari Grave Troll, and then dredging six and drawing a card. Okay? With me? Does this seem like an unreasonable sure. sequence of plays so far? I, I see what you're. I see that what you have yes. done thus far. Okay, so next turn you go cast Alicia. Then you untap. You face a looting. She dies to lightning bolt. Uh, it's possible that she dies to lightning bolt, but we do have the the rule that dies to removal is not a valid argument. But she does also bring back Golgari Grave Troll, tapped and attacking. You know what she doesn't die to? What's that? Exile. Uh, what? She doesn't die to it. She doesn't die to something exiling her. No, that that's that's true. Um, not quite sure. Bam! Point is Stump Lansdale. <laughs> okay. My so you're, you're, card planning, on, you're be, planning on playing this. Will well, only be as good as. No. What were you saying, Travis, before I ignore Will again? She's going to be one of those cards that's only as good as the other creatures in the format, as far as standing is concerned. If you can find a way to fit her and Hornet Queen in the deck, I mean, it works. But I'm not holding my breath for that. I mean, she's obviously... I mean, if they print something awesome with a power that you were thinking. Yeah, she's obviously really I'm good. Sorry? She's obviously really good with Hornet Queen. Yeah. But I don't think that's the only thing yeah, she's good if you can set that up. I mean, do we have a good discard outlet in standard? Mm, well, the I mean, tormenting voice. Standard Wayfinder. Yeah. On, the, I'm going to have to use at least one the, the, card. The stupid whip decks already use three colors, and they splash for a fourth color. You can easily throw this in the deck. I mean, I'm not sure if you really want it, but worst case scenario, you just play warriors, and then you just bring back attacking dudes that just smack your opponent's face over and over and over and over and over and over again. I don't even think she necessarily needs to 
be in a whip deck. I think, you know, you can build a deck around her that's... Plus, there's a lot of stuff... I've been looking at this for modern. There's a lot of stuff with two power that also works very well with Soul Flayer, which also likes a full graveyard. So you can do things yes. like bring back a, a Tajik. Uh, you can bring back... Uh, Maurice's Twin Claws for Double Strike Crypt Champion, which has the added advantage of bringing back Alicia if you hardcast it. You've got Vampire Nighthawk is in the format that also comes back with Alicia and makes Soul Flayer very, very strong. For Hexproof. Someone clearly played a whole lot of pre-release, whereas Travis and I did not, because I don't understand any of those cards you just said. You know what a Vampire Nighthawk is. Oh, that's not standard legal. I'm talking about modern, you dolt. But you said like, Golgari Grave Troll, and so before you were talking about Legacy. No. I'm all confused. No. no. Go back to sleep, Well, When you wake up, maybe it'll be bad again. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure you're supposed to be, like, you know, spoiler alerts. I'll spoil something in a minute. So, yeah, I think... Calm down. I think Alessia okay. has potential. So, overall, we think she might be fringe playable, right? Um, I think there's a deck for her in standard, and I think in modern she's. I think all of I think all of standard, all of standard is fringe playable. So sure, we can lump her in. I think you will see her seeing play. I'm just gonna time. have to get one because there's, the, the artist is named Anastasia. I see. <laughs> the what? There's the artist, oh, the artist is named Anastasia. Thing. I'm gonna have to get one. But yeah, I think this is the kind of card that somebody will try and play at the Pro Tour, either breaking it or thinking they've broken it. If it had haste, I would agree with you. But the fact that it has it's a two toughness that has Why? to play around for a turn, attack, and activation cost, it just it feels like it's, it gives you two people to screw it up for it to be the engine for a day. No, it's not an engine. It's just a fine card. But if it had haste, you'd still have to wait the next turn to activate its ability. And if you play it on three, yes. Yeah. I mean, if it was a five casting cost, you know, Zealous Conscript variant that pulled something from a graveyard, I'd be fine with it. I don't know. I think, I think like, yes, it dies to a bolt, but so do a lot of cards that see play. I don't think that's a valid argument for it not being a viable consideration. Anyway. All right, card number two. Well, good card number two. We don't. Archbond yeah, will probably uh, cause me to curse more what? than any card in this set. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue that. I don't get it. What is this combo with? Anything with Death Touch? Oh. Yeah, but the creature oh, still about Archbond. dealt damage has to have Death Touch. This creature deals that much damage to each other player. Oh, it's each other player in each creature? I mean, creature? it's like a perfect stand than I thought. I thought it was just like... Your well, guys, guys. I thought it was, like, just your opponent's stuff. You guys are talking over each other constantly. Is somebody lagged, or are you just being rude? We're just being rude. Travis, he, that's where you were supposed to say we're just I, being rude. We're just being rude. Ugh. Yeah, there we go. That, that was terrible. We're out of track. But, so... So this just wipes your entire board and your opponent's board as well? I thought it only wiped one side of the board. This card is much worse than I thought. With well, think of it this way. I mean, you use a few burn spells to get your opponent down into a, a range where if they attack with their 5-5, five five, they're going to die. You just arc bond. Oh, well, you just took five damage. I don't think arc bond is a real card. 
Um, collateral damage, however, do we think this is going to see any play? Uh, yes. Not in standard, but yes. Maybe in standard. There's no burn deck in standard, is there? Yeah, not in standard. I'm having trouble seeing it. Where do you guys see uh, it? Uh, wait. Is it actually... No. Shard Volley's better. No, I don't see it. Wait, maybe? Eh, no. I'll go with no. Is that the right answer? I'm going to go with yes. These are just because even a bad bolt is still a bolt. Uh, yeah. require you to sacrifice creatures are like, uh... Yeah, this is a lot worse than a bad bolt. If we just have I lightning bolt back, that would be sweet. It would be sweet, I agree. And I think it might I happen in M16. <laughs> Ooh. I would love for them to put all the stops and make M16 I, like the, the last core set, make it the core set to remember, put all kinds of crazy stuff in it. Yeah. yeah uh, bring back Wasteland and Strip Mine and Damnation and Show and Tell and... Ooh, Mind's Desire. Imagine if Storm was the mechanic for M16. How sweet would that be? Uh, not sweet at all. It would kill Magil. No, no. Pretty sure it'd be extra super duper sweet. You just said super duper as a grown man. <laughs> um, you just said I'm a grown man. So clearly, you're wrong in this case. He has gone up in your estimation then, Chris. I guess you're right, yeah. Jeez, I didn't really think that zinger through, did I? Okay, uh... No, you didn't. What about Flame Rush Rider? It, you have you seen this sort of effect do nothing before? I mean, that that is your Zealous Conscript variant. Mm, I mean, yes, but it's terrible. Yeah. But does conscripts good How was that feel a cameo or a Soren? Uh, you know, I can't really tell you. Um, I only really played with it in two-headed, and it was always my partner's thing while I played the grindy removal deck. And uh, it seemed okay, but I think the strength of Dash is going to be against decks that are running things like Anger or, uh, you know, like, Crux of Fate, or End Hostilities, Sorcery Speed Removal that Dash is built right. to get around. So it's kind of hard for me to assess based on what I saw at the pre-release. Okay. I don't think... I mean, it does seem like though. an ability that's hard I, to evaluate. It is. I, I feel like it's, like, there'll be certainly be sideboard card Dash, uh, or sideboard cards with, like, Dash the ability... Not really sure I'd like to see it main deck. Uh, if anything is seen main deck, it'll probably be the dragon. That kind of silly. Yeah, that dragon with dash. Wow, spoiler alert there, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, Flame Rush Rider has a powerful ability. The problem is if you're using its dash ability against a control deck. It could very well be because they've just swept the board or they're about to. So it might just be the only creature you're attacking with, and that kind of makes it pointless. Yeah. I mean, three damage is three damage, right? Like, against the control decks, you need to get in the damage uh, where you can. Especially if, like, it gets a late game where you're essentially flooding out on lands and you don't really have that many spells to play. You can just kind of constantly play this over and over again. I just think there are better choices if that's what you want to be doing. But you can get three damage oh, for two I don't mana. Disagree with that. 
If all you want to do is dash in one creature, you can get that effect for two mana, so. Right. Paying four for it That's doesn't true. seem worth the upside. Wow, what has happened to me? I actually sound like a normal magic player. Uh, what are your thoughts on Flame Wake Phoenix? I think it's very good. I think, uh, yeah, you definitely com- sound like a, a real magic player. It combos very well with Ashcloud Phoenix, Stormbreath Dragon, Sarkin. Basically, you know, anything that you'd want to be playing in a, in a red X deck that's looking to burn off everything and then take control of the board with hard-to-kill threats. It's weird. They actually printed a Phoenix that's good. Two in a row now. Confused. I'm trying I mean, modern since it's so easy to get a 4-5 Tarmogoyf on the board. You were about to say Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf. Because it's been causing you lots of grief. Oh, terrible will joke. Are they all terrible will jokes? Like, I don't understand the distinction that needed to be made. I suppose that is redundant to say. Unlike you, you are no longer redundant since you are gainfully employed. Yeah! Woohoo! Silly British joke. I mean, that's kind of redundant right there. Alright, so. Now for the yeah. card we've all been waiting for. Or do you want me to talk about Phoenix some more? No. No, I think we can move on to Humble Defector. Yes. I don't really see how this goes into Jeskai Ascendancy and Standard. In Modern, however, uh, actually not even. I don't really see this card. Really? You don't see it at all? Well, definitely not Standard, because in Standard, the only instant speed thing you have is Retraction Helix. Uh, I think you can build the deck differently, though, to, to have you know instant speed stuff. Like you can play Refocus, for example. Is that a magic card? Yes, it's a blue and one untapped target creature draw card. Oh. I should probably know what these cards do. Think of it as a howling man that can attack. So then you're basically going with more of like, say, Jeskai, Jeskai Sensei combo as opposed to like what Sylvan Carey does. Are you just talking about like the token deck? I'm not sure. I just think there is enough there that you could use this in the deck. I mean, it's it's one of the colors that you're going to need anyway, so it's not like you have to stretch your mana base to play it. It's not hard to cast. Oh, man, you could collateral damage that. You certainly could. And I think you might be right. It might be better in modern. I I just think this has a lot of potential to be something. It does, but like the basically the combo decks that are being played now. I mean, if you want to play in tokens, I guess you can, but it doesn't seem particularly well suited for like the Just Guy tokens deck. But if you put it in like the Ascendancy deck, then you would definitely have to build the Ascendancy deck, if, like the combo deck. You'd have to build it differently. Whoa! I just came up with an awesome combo deck for it. Uh, phrasing, boom. Go ahead. Zombie infestation and intruder alarm. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> that doesn't actually work, Travis. Why not? Because the give it to your opponent is part of the resolution of the ability, so you don't draw the cards until you've lost control of it. <sighs> Sorry, buddy. Is it part of the resolution? It's two separate sentences. It's not two separate. It's two separate sentences. It's not two separate paragraphs. It's all part of the same ability. If it was, if it was a separate ability, it would say whenever you activate this, target opponent gains control of it. But even that, the trigger would go on the stack above the draw two cards and would resolve before you draw it. 
what you're looking for is something like at the end of turn, target opponent gains control of it, which would be broken, because then things like Yora's Follower and um, Thassa's Aya, which is probably not a thing, but, you know, stuff like that would just make it ridiculous. Fine, I didn't want my silly little three-card combo anyway. Yeah, get out. <laughs> Dream Crusher Lansdale. Go back to playing Elves in Modern... Actually, you know you should put in a Modern Elves deck? Now that I think of it, that would be really good. You should put a Birthing Pot in there. Yeah, because that card's totally fair, right, Will? Absolutely. Want to talk yeah, about... You're going you're gonna to spoil the end of the episode. Save all those silly jokes for the end. Oh, right, uh-huh. Travis cries. Spoiler alert. Want to talk about Thundermaw Hellkite? Is that in this set? Well, it's Lightning Streaker. So it's kind of like Thunder Mahalkai, just it doesn't kill Lingering Souls tokens. Although it does have Trample, so... Yeah. Yeah. This card is as much like Thunder Mahalkai as you are like Alexander Hain. Oh, so it's infinitely better? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Les shot T-Rays. Better believe it. <laughs> oh, see, this has the advantage where if your opponent has a Wrath, then at the end of turn, this goes back in your deck, so you have a creature, so you can be like, haha, you can't Wrath my creature away, because I did it for you. You know what advantage it doesn't have? <laughs> Attacking two turns in a row. That's not true. You could totally use, what's that terrible artifact? That Sundial of the Infinite. That thing. Let me ask this. Since you guys are rules mavens, how uh, much would a creature be if it said, skip your instep? Uh, d- that would break the game, not just the creature. Well, I mean, the things that say until end of turn would still trigger, because your turn is still ending. But you just skip your instep. Uh, except that that's not the way the rules work. Also, damage would never come off creatures. He's got a point. But if it said, skip your instep and go straight to your cleanup step, cleanup phase. Uh, which is where, just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. What you could say is abilities that would trigger in your un, um, in your end step do not trigger. That would still be pretty sick, right? Yes. Okay. It would it would be dumb. Guys, descent trap would be ridiculous. Are we allowed to say that KYT got uh, a a player card in Fate Reforged, or in his invitational card printed in Fate Reforged? He did. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? Mob rule. Which looks <laughs> more like Marshall to me. <laughs> but LSU wouldn't run away in fear of Marshall. Uh, this is true. Why do you think it's KYT's card? Because Alexander Hayne had the joke that Ravenous Baboons was KYT's invitational card. So they brought back Ravenous Baboons. Uh, I fear I'm missing a joke. Yeah, you probably are. Anyways, it should be cut. So let's restart. Uh, why does Insurrection cost less mana but doesn't insurrect everything? I think you answered your own question. But Although what you can do is you can tap Humble Defector and then draw two cards and give it to your opponent and then play Mob Rule. Busted. Format broken. Solved it. I mean, drawing four cards in turn is pretty good. Along with getting control of bunches of creatures. I mean, is that better than bunches of oats? I'm not sure. Only if they have honey. Those bunches of oats have honey. <laughs> That's right, honey. What about Outpost Siege? How good is this cut? It's, it's right there with the blue one. Or... Best Siege, I think. What? 
Why would you, you ever know? want deal one damage? Because it's not just deal one damage. Well, read the card. Whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield. Oh, so it's worse than deal one damage. No, it's... You know... Call me crazy, and you probably are going to anyway. Yeah, see. I kind of want to play this with Butcher of the Horde and Bloodsoak Champion. I'm pretty sure just... I mean, like, Chen is fine, and as enchantment form, so it makes it more... more harder difficult. Yes, that's clearly what I want to say. Words. Yes. Uh, It does not leave the battlefield uh, as easily as Chandra does. Also... Uh, nobody ever ultimate Chandra in 90% of their decks. Yeah, which is very, very unfortunate. I mean, I've done it, and I've, I've exiled in my top seven a Dig Through Time and a Stoke the Flames, but they were on ten life, so unfortunately I couldn't live the dream. Is there a way to uh, sacrifice a creature to add a black mana to your mana pool? I'm going to sacrifice not, you to add a black mana to nobody's mana pool. There is in modern, I think... Why? Uh, what's the uh, zombie that you can pl- play from your graveyard for one black if you control a zombie? Gravecrawler. Okay, Gravecrawler, sack it, get a black manor, play your Gravecrawler, keep doing that to kill them. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that that exists. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. However... Ooh, they reprinted uh, pyrotechnics. One thing we forgot with Meringue River Prowler is that it's an infinite combo with a Lurin. What? Meringue River Prowler is the blue card that lets you play it from your graveyard if you control a black or a green permanent. Sure. It's three mana. A Lurin lets you cast spells that are three mana or less for free and as though they had flash. Sure. Okay. So you play that, you sacrifice it to Ashnod's Altar or the other one that makes colored mana. And then you replay it from your graveyard and sack it again. Oh, okay. I, I was I was confused because for a second I thought that you those two cards just somehow comboed together. That's like there, there's missing a card in this. Something that lets you sacrifice it. Yeah, that or that does something. Yeah, fair enough. But it it is a combo. Woohoo! We can all play a learn. But yeah, I think Outpost Siege might do something. It is four mana. That is my only concern. Those change yeah, but Chandra has extra uh, utility. Yeah, it can deal one damage to a Doomwake Giant and one damage to your opponent. And yeah, then which Doomwake stops Giant can't block. It's true. It also stops Hornet Queen from blocking. Um, what about Rage Form? I'm going to Rage Form you in a second. Oh, baby. <laughs> Let's all get excited. Um, the art is beautiful, and I have a foil version, and it's just as beautiful as you think. Oh, wow. So, Chris mentioning foil versions of stuff. Take a drink. You did not. Oh, good. We just figured out a Horton Notions drinking game. It's about time. What is this, like 98 million episodes in? Uh, 97. Yeah, Travis, I think I might be on the same page as you with this one. What do you think? I think if you can figure out a good way to put a... Um, a decent creature on top of your library, then yeah, this has potential. I mean, it's a shame there's nothing in standard that lets you manipulate the top of your library oh, right isn't now. isn't it? Gosh, I mean, if only we had some sort of land that let you scry. 
or maybe a creature that let you play with the top card of your library revealed or something. Guys, oh, guys. Well, like this thing curves right out of Corsair's butt, does it? Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Wouldn't that make it horseshit? I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page here, but Sensei's Divining Top is not legal and standard. Thank Christ. <laughs> now, I, I, I feel that this card could do something. Double Strike is ridiculous, guys. Yes. And there are creatures that are just not meant to have double strike. I also think a lot of people have forgotten about um, devotion and how good it is to have cards with double colors in their casting costs. So I know people have been uh, playing around with mono red devotion. This is a card that may be able to fit into that. I don't hate that at all. I mean, you, you said you got the Scrylands, if you got the, um... The I don't get it. The Manifest Creature doesn't add Red Devotion. No, but the Enchantment mm. does. Mm. Uh, to answer your question, the only sack outlets that are in Modern that are slightly reasonable are Grim Backwoods. Um... Remember when you said slightly reasonable a minute ago? I, I, I said slightly, yes, yeah, slightly. Uh, and so Grim Backwoods is the second slightly reasonable card. And the number one is Mirren the Moaning Well. Oh boy, you're missing a whole bunch. What about Cartel Aristocrat? That doesn't add mana. Neither do either of the two you mentioned. It's true. Why is Cartel Aristocrat on this list? For Vampire Aristocrat. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's not on that list. You probably did it wrong. You're useless. That stupid gatherer. Can I file for compensation? Your gatherer foo is weak, Will. You're a gatherer foo. You know whose foo isn't weak? It's Shaman of the Great Hunt. Pretty sure it's Shamamamans of the Great Hunt. I don't know about his foo, but I bet his poo is all, all kinds of things. You're <laughs> extremely weird. Okay. He, he is basically Hero of Oxidbridge in cost and haste with a curse of the stuff that puts plus one, plus one counters on your stuff. And then occasionally he draws a card for each creature you control, power four greater. Wait, why does this have Ferocious? Because it's Tima? But don't you always have Ferocious with this card in play? Well, barring something that makes it smaller, yes. Uh, I suppose they need some slap some Ferocious on there. I think this card is very strong, and we'll probably see play in the green-white, or in the red-green aggro decks that are being played it's right now. Definitely green-white. Uh, bite my balls, you hairy monster. No thank yous. Uh, yes. Uh, maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't think this beats out Plukronos or Ashcloud Phoenix. I do think you can play two of these over two of the Boon Satyrs that that deck is currently playing. Uh, but that's not the same casting cost. I'm aware. So you're upping the curve? The deck already has a lot at three. It's got Boon Seder and Fnatic. I mean, this, if you have any kind of acceleration, this is a great turn three play with the format right now. I mean, if they, if they just have a uh, Sylvan Carry hit or a Corsair Crufix, they're probably not going to block. They'll definitely block this if they have a Corsair. 100%. That is a snap block. Because otherwise, you're never blocking it again. <laughs> that said, of course, it dies to murderous cut. Yep. 
Is that the last good red card? No, we will add Wild Slash will always be played forever. Yeah, Wild Slash is just Shock with Upside. Like, I don't, I don't see how that card doesn't see play. Yeah, yeah, because Shock is always played. I mean, it has been in recent years when there hasn't been a strictly better card in the format. I wish there was a head sound, so that every time I shake my head at you guys, which is constantly, the viewers know that I'm shaking my head at you, without me having to say that I'm shaking my head at you guys. If if they were viewers, they would know, but since they're listeners, they will never find out. Right. You guys should... Can we make a video podcast? Dear God, no. (laughs) Then we'd have to put pants on. I don't want to... Where's your camera result from that? Where's your camera pointing? Uh, never mind. Can we talk for a second about just how horrible smoldering a freak is? I was thinking I, about saying the exact same thing. That card is awful. Why, it's Grizzly Bears that deals two damage. To you. But not to you. Also... It's like your Grizzly Bears turned on you and want to maul you. <laughs> what the hell does that look like? Like, that's just... It looks like a smoldering effort. It's very, it's very on point and or to the point. Yeah, I'll smolder you. Uh, an ant on fire. <laughs> With a crown. It's King Ant. Uh, let's move on to green. And we start off with a card that I think is eminently playable in Abzan Beastmaster. Yes. I mean, you're green. You've probably got the toughest creatures on the field, and if so, this thing's better than Bob. I had somebody play turn two Archer's Parapet, turn three this against me. Uh, they got a lot of card advantage on me that game. No, they have to think about playing the control decks who don't play creatures. This becomes yeah. a 3-3 three, three must kill. I will wrap the board to get rid of that bastard. It's a 2-1, buddy. A 2-1. I meant 3 mana, not 3-3. Three, three. Uh, yeah, because you're just drawing two cards a turn at that point, and you'll overwhelm them pretty quickly. This was one that pops in the previews, and then I started, when I was looking at the set, that was like, that card has a lot of potential. Why, how are you drawing two, t- two cards a turn? Because it's the only creature, Well, Yeah, but how do you draw two cards in your opponent's turn? I said, oh, for Christ's sake. I'm just saying, you know, you're he apparently a level two, you're apparently a level two judge and that knows everything, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Shame you're not. That's a good, good, good point. <laughs> um, there's nothing good until Frontier Siege, What are you right? talking about? You don't want Irish and Warbeast in foil? So well, let me ask you this. Do you think Beastmaster is modern playable? No. No. I mean, a three mana, two, one? No. Uh, I mean, maybe you could pot into it. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, are you really going to sack a voice to get to that? Sure. When you could just go Kitchen Pinks? Uh, your voice token will be huge. I like Frontier Siege a lot. Uh, no, that's Destructor Dragon. That's Frontier Siege. Oh, yeah, it's double Eladamry's Vineyard. Uh, except it doesn't also give it to your opponent. So it's half of double Eladamry's Vineyard. The good half of double Eladamry's Vineyard, yes. I don't mind losing the bad half of a card if I'm going to get half a card. Uh, do you I mean, really this is one of the better ramp spells they've made in a while. For four men, anyways. How many ramp spells of four mana do they print? Like, is this competing with Seeds of Horizons in your deck? Exactly. No, no. You no. every set. Peregrination. It's better than peregrination. Exactly. Good point. Uh, maybe you need to scry more. Why would we need to scry? <gasps> so we can manifest with rage form. That's it, broke it. 
No, I think I, I did have this in uh, in a pre-release, and apart from one game where I just kept ramping into nothing because all I could draw was lands, this card did so much work. Like turn four, this turn five, the Sandstep Mastodon. Just silly, just silly. You're silly. Yeah, I know. Also, two-headed giant play. We uh, had a Saltai Scavenger. We cast the Sandstep Mastodon, making it an 8-8. Then my partner cast Trumpet Blast, and then gave it Double Strike. That was fun. I don't get it. Why didn't you attack before casting Trumpet Blast? Shut up. But what do you think, like, Frontier Siege, are we ever going to use the second ability? The Dragon's ability? Dear God, I hope not. I think it's going to depend on the next set. All right, let's face it. Casting a Hornet Queen with Frontier Siege set to dragons is freaking hilarious. That is true. But other than that, I, d- I don't really see a purpose Isn't to that it. Doesn't that curve I mean, right into Hornet Queen? If you, had, like, a, if you had the other one? Yes. It does also do fun things if you cast a Storm Breath and they have a Wingmate Rock. Hmm. You know what this is really good with? So when the next set is like nothing but flying creatures because it's all kinds of dragons... Yeah? What is it really good with, Will? Omnath. Omnath, Nath, Nath. Yes, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's an EDH all-star for sure. Yeah, shout out out to you EDH people. Go play your format in the corner. Also, Fruit of the First Tree. Terrible card, beautiful artwork, needed in foil. Mm. Is this the first artwork we've seen from Ryan Yee? That is beautiful, right? Like, I'm not hallucinating. That is a beautiful piece of work. Yes, that, that should not be on an uncommon. I, I would hang that artwork in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want it in your bathroom. The acid gas might just wrinkle it away to nothing. You, you, don't you talk about my daughter's pooping habits, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. Um, Sunset Mastodon is a bulk rare that will never see any competitive play. I mean, you can't even pot into it at seven. You can't sack a revelog to get to that. <laughs> uh, and then you can play Shamanic Revelation. Shaman! This is playable, right? Uh, no. Really? Yeah. It's not even just like one of in like the sideboard? The board so against all the other stupid decks that just do nothing all day? We had our very last real PTQ a couple of weekends ago. Wah, wah, and wah. I was going to do Sad Violin, but I don't know how to do Sad Violin. So I decided to winner, go with... Wah, wah, wah. The winner played um, Green Devotion Splashing White. Sure. And I can see that card seeing play in that deck. You know, when you cast it on turn four because you have six creatures and no cards left. So that makes it an unplayable card because the Newfoundland metagame is baloney. Dude, that deck is brilliantly suited for a metagame with nobody playing sweepers. It just fills the board so quickly. He was monstrous in Pelucranos for 20 on turn 7. And just going, yeah, that's a Wrath, and now you're dead. But then you, like, murderous cut it. Anyway. Let me ask you this. Is a 4-mana instant that draws two cards playable? Yeah. Then what do you think of Sudden Reclamation? You're a Sudden Reclamation. 
I think, yeah, I think the card has potential. The problem is where, where does it fit? What deck wants it? Because Whip doesn't want that effect at that cost. Does it? Why are these green cards so bad? I don't know. There's one coming up in a minute that I'm very fond of. I better not be team or Green one cards side. are best cards. Yes, like Birthing Pond. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, Travis, and I, and I think you might you might be onto something. I'm just not sure where it fits. Like we've had a lot of cards recently that were objectively powerful but just didn't have a home, and I think this might just be another one. Like the effect is too expensive for the whip decks, and I'm wondering if we could get a Sultai deck that's not whip that it could fit into. Not as long as whip's legal. Tasigur is really good. Delve is a really strong ability. Also agree. So I mean, it just feel it. It feeds Delve. It. I don't know. It, I, I, I'm not saying it's like great, but it, I believe it could be playable. Like the cards that fill this role in the, in the Whip decks right now are Commune with the Gods and Seder Wayfinder. Wayfinder blocks Commune and, and is only two mana. Commune is only two mana and can get you a Whip. This will never get you Whip. So eh, I don't know. Maybe if it did more cards, like if it did eight cards or seven cards or something, maybe. What do you think, Will? Uh, no. Okay. We're talking about Thunder of Acclamation, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. What about Team of Sabretooth? Uh, I saw this in someone's article and was like, yeah, no. So I've now played against it. And if my opponent didn't misplay, I would have died. So, um, I mean, returning Hornet Queen is obviously decent, but otherwise. I mean, could this possibly fit into an Elves deck? Why? Oh, you mean, yeah, because it's a combo with um, with uh, Nettle Sentinel and Heritage Drive, right? right? I mean, you can, I mean you, you can do some crazy stuff with those and this guy. Yeah. Yeah, you just go Sentinel, Sentinel, Heritage, this guy, bounce. Yeah, that's infinite, yeah. Yeah, generally when you go settle Sentinel, Sentinel, Druid, you're probably off to a good start. I know, but I mean, think about the other creatures you can return. It doesn't have to just be that. I mean, you start returning um, Elvish Vision, draw your card, draw your deck, or... Can you return Crater of Behemoth? I think we should return Crater of Behemoth. Oh, Jesus. You know, cast it, bounce it, cast it, bounce it. You probably could. Attack you for a, an arbitrarily large amount of damage. I was judging a PTQ, at a PTQ, and I was the head judge for a legacy side event where someone just went tap gaze, created for 16 mana, double crater hoof. That seems reasonably bad. So his opponent was like, um, yeah, I, th- I think you could just cast one and that would have been enough. Flash in Fetz Tiger, get dunked. Fog. <laughs> no, I tell you, th- this card has more applications than I initially thought. I mean, obviously, we all know that Hornet Queen and Siege Rhino and stuff like that is is good to return to your hand. But th- this is double wrath protection. You know, you bounce your Siege Rhino and you save this from a sweeper. Don't you just have a conversation where you said no one played wrath? Well, that can change. I think with Crux of Fate becoming a card, we're going to see Blue Black Control get better. Yes, of course. Also, this allows you, if you're playing any sort of manifest cards, and we don't know yet if that's going to be a thing, if you manifest something you really need in your hand, well, 
for two mana, it's in your hand. Yeah, this is true. Yes. Maybe. Hmm. This card is really difficult to kill. Pretty well, that, but it makes, you know, you all of your removal spells are sort of wasted because it basically says, okay, my opponent, I draw a card for two mana. Does it? Pretty sure it says Dice of Silence Believers. Is it yeah. playing Silence to Believers? Uh, trick question, it doesn't die in Silence to Believers. It gets exiled by Silence to Believers because you can't, a creature that gets exiled can't die. My trick to both of you, that's two points for Will, zero points for you guys. Anyway, Travis. <laughs> I am now right. team, teamer, Sabretooth. I, I think I like this card a lot. I think it has potential. Uh, to, if there is uh, a control deck, then this will see play in the green-red deck. Maybe in the sideboard. Probably doesn't have enough sort of power to, to casting cost ratio to see main deck play. But Pelucranos is pretty bad against control decks anyway. Can we talk about Warden of the Non-Figure of Destiny now? Oh. This card. I was so high on this card until I actually read it properly and realized that the second activation doesn't give it a power toughness boost. No, it gives a trample and lifelink. Then I stopped caring. But if you have infinite mana, it becomes an infinite infinite with trample and lifelink. Oh, good. Because if I have infinite mana, I can't think of any other better ways to win the game. <laughs> good, because neither can I. But yeah. But it's not you're basically pumping out seven mana to get a 3-3 three, three Trample lifelink. It's it's not fi- basically the comparison is obviously the figure of destiny and it's not figure of destiny because it doesn't go into a white aggro deck or a red aggro deck. And I'm I'm sorry, but I don't know about you, but I can't look at this and think of anything but Robin Hood men in tights because that is clearly Cali Alvarez or whatever you pronounce his name. Right? I mean, you could go turn one training grounds into this and it'd be good. Uh, that doesn't do what you want it to do. Why not? Doesn't training grounds... Oh, it reduces activation costs, doesn't it? Yep. Pretty sure if you start a sentence off with, if you go turn one training grounds, the card after that is not good. (laughs) Also, you lose the privileges to talk about that card for the remainder of the discussion, because training grounds is awful. Training grounds is awesome. It just hasn't had its day yet. Just like Aurelius Fury, right, Travis? One day, bastards. One day. You know what you could play this card in? Jund. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, only if you wanted to top eight a PTQ and then lose. <laughs> the daggers are real. Two gentlemen are the worst. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not, because you're the one who keeps losing in PTQ top eight. Mm, you have to get that to lose. Yeah, well, some of us would rather judge. All right, so Whisperwood Elemental. Are we all in agreement that this card is good? I mean, it's a card. Thank you, Captain Obvious. How is it good? Like, you, you sacrifice it and its ability resolves while it's no longer on the battlefield, so you don't get a manifest dude off of it dying. Right. It's like they wanted to make a Call of the Claw and stick it up this thing's butt. I, I have played this card. I had it in a pre-release. I 4 out the pre-release because this card is not a fair card. Did you play against elderly people? Uh, only one that were incapable of playing. Did you sanction a pre-release at an elder, at an old folks' home where no one knew how to play Magic, and that's how you went uh, 4-0? I did not. I went 4-0 at two pre-releases, actually, so get dunked. Playing against yourself? 
Anyway, this card just floods the board and protects you against overreaching because they have to be terrified to wrath this. If you've got four creatures out, what are they going to do? Give you eight power? I mean, they might have to. But don't they just die then? Do they? I mean, it, is, it does have great wrath detection. I guess it just depends on what the format's going to look like to decide how good he is. Even without the wrath seeing play, like that ability to just add another two power to the board every turn for no investment adds up really quickly. I just need to play with it. I need to see it in action. Manifest is such a strange ability that, I don't know. I agree, and I felt the same, and I played it at the pre-release, and a lot of the time, you manifest something you can't flip, and you kind of feel bad, but then you realize, well, I might not have drawn that card anyway, and it's a 2-2 that they have to deal with now. Did you get a manifest, a special foil Ugin? Uh, there are no special foil Ugins. Alright, let's move on. Is the special Ugin not foil? No. Really? That seems kind of terrible. However, one friend of mine who only played three pre-releases opened three Ugins in his pools and prize packs and got a promo Ugin out of the fake pack. But the promo promo Ugin isn't foil? No. Wow. Like, I hate foils, but that seems pretty bad. I'm not sure I understand it either, Will. Maybe they're saving it for... Although, it does help that the cards that I want from the prize packs won't be foil, so I don't have to dread that. Woohoo! Reality Shift, for example? Uh, I don't know what that does. What about Wild yes. Call? Is that in there? Uh, no, but Wild... Yeah, actually, I think it might it be. It was, yeah. You get but yes, two, I believe... Two two. I will definitely build a Wild Call deck at one point. So... The dream of this is obviously to hit Hooded Hydra, right? That is the hit Ugin. You, you dream small. Yeah, Emrakul. What do you want to hit then, Travis? Emrakul. Uh, you have to pay 15 mana to turn it face up. Or momentary blink. And then it loses its counters. Doesn't matter, it's still Emrakul. But you don't get the trigger. I don't care about the trigger, I've got a 15, 15 protection from spells. Colored spells. Why are you arguing against this, Chris? This is, like, right up your alley. <laughs> I know it actually just is that I don't want to put Emrakul on the hit. I mean, this so, could be any other awesome, awesome, awesome creature. Yeah, I just I just want to put Hooded Hydra on the hair and stand it. Well, That's all I want. you guys heard it here first. Chris Lansdell does not want to turn three Emrakul. Uh, I mean, you could put Karn or Ugin under it and then Restoration Angel the Manifest and voila. Travis finding ways to use Restoration Angel without a birthing pod. Why don't you just pot into Angel after you, you manifest this? How do you... I will build a wild call deck at one point. As a matter of fact, I'm going to order four right now. Oh, I don't blame you. I like wild call. I just don't like having to rely on momentary blink. Like, you need another card, so you need to make sure that not only is Emrakul on top of your deck, but you need a third card to make it any good. Well, what you do... As you do the, um, what is the card? If you manifest cheating. Green, green, white, to let you put stack three creatures on top of your library. Oh, uh, uh, Congregation of Dawn. Yeah. So one, the top card is, you know, Emrakul. The next card is Restoration Angel. 
Uh-huh. Uh, what's the third card, Travis? What's the third card? Uh, something that would give Emrakul haste. Another Emrakul, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. No, I the just... Restoration Angels on top, so you can play the Wild Card and the Wild Call and the Restoration Angel in the center. I'm going to draw them all. All I want to do is put a, a Hooded Hydra under here. Cast it for four mana, so you have a 4-4 four, for four, four. Then you flip up Hooded Hydra in response to their removal spell and get seven snakes and kill them. Hey, I've got a question. Yes? How about this in a Polymorph deck? Polymorph, eh? Or just the Manifest cards in general? Uh... Well, how is that better than playing a token strategy? Mm-hmm. I'd have to look at it a little bit more, but it just came to me. I, That's what I think. I could agree with that if there was a counter spell that had manifest on it. That would be broken, wouldn't it? No, it depends on the cost, right? right. Be like for four mana, probably be four or five mana. I think four is reasonable. Right. Yasov Dragonclaw. Yasova Dragonclaw. You don't want to talk about the fog, really? Yasova's the nuts. What you do is you put a Basil Boon Tater onto it, and then you can steal all your opponent's creatures. Seems reasonable. Also, you have an 8-4 Trampler, which also seems reasonable. Yes. Oh, I think it's Trample. I guess that's alright. The card is good. I just don't think it's as good as some people are raving about. Uh, Brian Kibler doesn't like it, so it must be terrible. Brian Kibler doesn't like a green card with red and blue mana in it? I know, right? Stop the presses. Yeah, it, I think the card's fine. It's just two toughness is so fragile. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing this on turn two, though, which should be yeah. playing green, you probably should be playing this on turn two. Also, one thing I didn't realize until I played against this card in the pre-release, she doesn't need to be attacking for to use the ability. Correct. All right, let's move on to gold cards and attack of the world render who is unplayable. Well, unplayable is a strong word. Okay. Yes, very unplayable. I don't like the dies to removal argument, but if I'm paying seven mana, I don't want to die to a Stoke the Flames. Uh, is there any gold card in the set that's good? I think Jamoka's good. That is not a card name. Jamoka the Eternal? Yes, it is. Five five flyer for five oh. whenever a dragon you control attacks. Jamoka. That's what I they said. Were, I thought you were just saying with a J in the front, but I was like, there's no card called Jamoka. So I have a no. Jamoka. So I want a prediction from you two. Yes. Are we getting cheap dragons in the third set, like two and three cost dragons? Because if so, then like this guy's nuts. There's already a three cost dragon, right? Like, buku of them. Uh, I can see a bunch of, like... I, I can honestly see a Flying Man Dragon. Or a Dragon Hatchling type thing. I don't know what that does. I'll just so go two, with two, Flying. A, a three with, with uh, Fire Breathing? I'll just stick with the Flying Man Dragon. But Yeah, that's possible, too. I mean, probably not in blue. But I like Dromoka. I think that the, the problem I have with, with Dromoka... Is that yeah, it's now very artist Jamoka? Okay, it's very often going to make a two-five self-encarriated the first time you attack with it. 
I don't know how good slash bad that is. What do you mean attack with it? You just play like eight little mini dragons before it, and then you attack with everything, and you're like, bam, 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 bam. No, 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 no. You attack with Mutavol. Oh, that's good too. Also, you can pod like a resto into this. <laughs> they never get old. Otherwise, uh, does dragon stuff, does dragon stuff, does dragon stuff. Ugh. Nope. Why are all these gold cards bad? Actually, I was complaining that there's too many gold cards flying around. Woohoo, we have bad gold cards. Yay. I don't know, I, I think a 5-5 five, five for 5 on its own isn't necessarily bad. Like the so these cards are very much kind of dependent on what exactly how much they want to push dragons, right? Because I mean, dragons have always kind of been you know like the big legendary or rare creatures, and like I mean this set there's a few uh, uncommon ones and there's some common ones, but I'm not sure if they like if they're willing to basically kind of do away with the mythos as like dragons as these big giant rare creatures, then I think these cards gain in value. And by these cards, I mean not the Atakar or the Owuja or Ojutai. But like, for example, Colligan, yeah. uh, which comes down at 5, right, which is, can basically be the top end. Uh, if you have a bunch of dragons, it can be pretty strong. Uh, Dromoka, it's the same thing with attacking. I'm not really sure about Simulgar. I don't, I don't really, I mean, obviously... Simulgar, you mean? Sure. I'm going to call him smoking so, a cigar. Let me tell you the story. Selimgar is essentially unbeatable in limited, and I'm not entirely sure how you beat it in standard. How is he unbeatable in limited? What kills it? Well, it has hexproof, so a wrath. Right, and there's one of those in the format? Yeah, but it just gives minus one, minus one to your opponent's dudes. Right, which means that it's almost impossible for them to block and kill it. Like the, your only hope is to race it. Seems doable. Well, if it's their only creature, sure. But if you're trying to race it with a token strategy, you can forget it because all your tokens are dead. Yeah, fair point. Does it seem odd to you that Hero's Blade can be attached to dragons? Not even a little. That seems kind of weird to me. Why are you Why are you so racist, dog? Why can't dragons be heroes? Well, they can't... Like The this sword seems redundant. Like, their claws are just much bigger than the sword. Dragons have talons, right? Claws? Let's go... Whatever they are. Like, one of their yes. claws is just bigger than the sword. Why would they need to carry the sword? It seems like it would actually be detrimental to them in, dragon, in battle. So say, if this is equipped to a dragon... The dragon is very sad. <laughs> However, if it's equipped to Shu Yun the Tempest, or whatever his name is, or perhaps a, a Daxos of Miletus, Pilgrim or a Geist of Fates. Uh, you mean Agent of the Fates, or Triad of the Fates, rather. No, I mean Pilgrim of the Fates. Oh, no, we don't want it on there. It has first strike and trample, so yes. it's pretty good. You have to pay four to equip it. No, thank you. Well, you're already paying seven for Pilgrim of the Fires. Oh, it's Pilgrim of the Fires. 
Anyways, you're already paying seven for it, so you obviously get it good. What yeah. do, we got? do we have any no. good artifacts? Well, I think Hero's Blade has potential. It can it automatically goes onto a Geist or onto a Daxos. Daxos with a, with that on it is you know they'd have to triple block it to kill it in all likelihood. Why is Which Goblin is pretty sweet. Bloom Keg so weird? I mean, it's a Goblin card. What do you expect? Normal. Fair enough. Ooh, there's a rare artifact. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a lore count uh, on Scroll of the Masters. What? Ugh, that's just terrible. I'm not sure, actually, that you're correct. That Scroll the Masters? Yeah. Um, it's I saw somebody playing it in Limited, and it basically won them the game. I mean, in, I guess in Limited you could get away with playing it if you're playing like a Jeskai deck, but it's definitely not constructed playable. The three mana is what makes it not constructive playable. Why can't they make good artifacts, like Urza Saga level artifacts? Can we get um, those back? <gasps> no, thank you. Imagine if M16 had Urza Saga level artifacts and buyback. Uh, magic would just die, oh, like and, nobody would play. And Storm. That too. Well, obviously Storm. Of course. Now, I think we'll get Lightning Bolt, though. No, but, like, seriously, think of it. If you had, like, say, a Phyrexian processor that had, like, Storm. Or Memory Jar with Storm. Oh, my God, just broke the format. We need a Memory Jar with Storm. What about Telerian Academy with Storm? No, you just need one Telerian Academy. That, 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 that's just ridiculous. That's very excessive. And then after that, we have... Wait, wait, wait. I've got it. I've got it. A Telerian Academy that adds blue for each artifact you control... And gains a life for each artifact you control. Mm, I think it should be better if it draws a card instead of gains a life. What, for each artifact you control? Yeah. No, I think I think just drawing a card is fine. No, no, definitely not. But speaking of lands, I have to ask you. It, so say there was a card that said tap, add one colorless mana to your mana pool. Mm -hmm. Or tap it, add two colored mana to your mana pool. This mana can only be spent on dragon spells. Or even two colorless yes. mana to your mana pool. Would that card be far better or extremely better than Crucible of the Spirit Dragon? Uh, I think it would be better. I don't know how much better, but it would definitely be better. I would play the hell out of either of those cards, by the way. Screw you'd play Crucible of the Spirit Dragon? If it tapped for two, colored, two mana of any oh, color that you could okay. only use to play dragons? Yes, that one. Yes. Yes, I would. Although... So would you. On on a, a flavor fail standpoint, uh, Ugin is colorless. Yes, 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 he is, Some... and not a dragon. That that too. Well, I mean, he has like the wings and whatnot, so he's he was probably like a dragon at one point. The way Nickel Balls oh, was a dragon. Yes, but you can't cast him with mana from his own crucible. No, he's well. I mean, he's he's the one producing the mana, so clearly he's already exists, so he does not need to be cast. But I do think that card has some degree of playability. I was listening to people who are far smarter than me talk about it, and they were saying, like, storage lands have seen play in Standard before. They have, but, like, they're... It's weird bringing back a storage land, because storage lands are not very well liked. I mean, I li I've always liked them. It's, I mean, let's face it, this card is going to see infinity EDH play. I mean, in like a dedicated dragon deck, sure, because like you kind of have to, because you're playing a 
dragon deck, so obviously you need to be super noob about it. But I mean, otherwise, I don't really see this being played. Oh my god, the Knicks actually won a game. Against who? Philadelphia. That doesn't actually count. <laughs> it just I, it just doesn't. I know. In fact, you should probably be ashamed to admit that you're excited by it. Well, the Knicks are absolutely awful, so what can I say? So are the Phil- uh, the Sixers. Yeah, well, they're pretty bad, too. I mean, there was a time when they were called the Sixers because that's how many games they were going to win this season. Oh, uh, I'm sure there's a Philadelphia fan that we could, like, give a shout-out to, but I don't know any. Shout-out to Nate Holt. That, that guy. Hmm. I'm actually interested to see these cards in standard. There Which is the... the basically like Fate Reforged. I mean, in terms of, I guess the 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 argument that everyone kind of has is the power level for a set, and they're like, well, this isn't as powerful as this set, or these cards are just like not as good as blah 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 blah, right? But like, I mean, the same argument was made for Theros, and like at one point, you know. Uh, RTR rotated out, and you know you had Theros to deal with, and obviously the cards in Theros became you know extremely played everywhere. So I'm kind of curious to see like where these cards fit in. They have there's like a bunch of different, I guess utility is the right word for cards that like have potential. I mean you have like say Humble Defector that draws cards, Flame of Phoenix that draws cards, uh, or not that draws cards, but like you know combos Ferocious, Alicia combos with Ferocious as well. Or not with Ferocious, but just, like, with herself. Then you have, like, say, Tassiger, which fits into a completely different deck. I think, like, Mythic-wise, maybe not impressed, but, like, just, like, kind of, like, rare and down-wise, there's certainly potential here, which I didn't really, like, kind of see from other sets. Yeah, I think the thing is with this set, there are a lot of cards that you look at and you go, wow, that's weird, we haven't seen it before. That is true. And it's always really hard to evaluate cards that do new things because of the fact that they are new and we have no idea what that's going to look like, you know? Um, I'm excited to see... Like, I, I've just been sitting down trying to brew with the set while I'm putting away my winnings from, from the weekend and just going, well, geez, I could do that. I could do this. I want to play uh, Temporal Trespass in a deck with Riddle of Lightning and uh, interpret the signs. Pretty sure you forgot. I want to... Hashtag humble brags. I don't see anything humble braggy about what I just said. <laughs> I, I want to play uh, Tassiger in a deck that is selective about what stays in the graveyard. I want to play Alicia in Modern with a bunch of utility creatures and Soul Flayer. Like, I want to play Soulfire Grandmaster in a red white burn deck in Standard. The list goes on. I think I think the deck to build, though, is the Cheaty Face deck, which I mentioned this before, but we were talking over each other. If you manifest Cheaty Face into play, do you get to flip it up for free? You have to ask Mark Rosewell to that. He's the uh, unglued rules guru. All right, I'll definitely do that. We should maybe we should invite him onto the cast at some point. And I can ask him. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing we could do. Sure. And, alright, now as listeners, you probably notice, Travis seems to have disappeared. Most would say, you know, it's connection issues, because he's old, he needs to go to sleep, stuff like that. In reality, it's because 
we're gonna we're gonna briefly discuss some, some ban lists. Yeah, and it's sad news for people who have spent multiple hundreds of dollars buying, you know, thought seizures and noble hierarchs and voices of resurgence and Linvalas and <sighs> foil treasure cruises. Shout out to Doug. And well, who's Doug? Oh, Doug, he's a local player who spent oh. like two hundred dollars on eight foil cruises. Yeah, that's that's a little excessive. So that's for, gonna stay. If somehow you've been loving, living under a rock, the brief updates. Uh, <laughs> See, it's funny because now you have to play the rock because you spent all your money on pod and can't afford glyphs. Yes, we could just play Bloodbraid Rhinos. You so could. the brief list: gifts ungiven, unban, unrestricted, vintage. If you care about that, World Gorger Dragon, unbanned in Legacy. Which I love the argument for unbanning like World Gorger Dragon in Legacy. I don't know if you read the. It's article. not as it's not as broken as, as Grizzlebrand. <laughs> yes, that is fantastic as an argument. Uh, after that, you have Treasure Cruise banned and restricted in all the formats because I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think there's anyone. Uh, that did not see that coming. It's not banned and restricted in standard or in Khan's block, uh, Khan's block constructed. Yeah, because that's a format. But the the crux of it happened in modern. I mean, the first one you have the unban of Golgari Grave Troll, which I mean, you. I mean, I think this one was like pretty obvious, right? Like the the big enabler of. Dredge decks was one a cheap discard outlet, uh, which I mean exists but not really. Uh, but two, and this is kind of the big one, is Dread Return. And without Dread Return, the graveyard decks can do broken things far less efficiently. Yeah, I think yeah, Golgari Grave Troll will not do what it does in Legacy, no question, because there is no Dread Return. However, we'd be stupid to ignore the card completely because it does something that no other card can do right now. It dredges for six. And it's huge when you bring it back. You know, you don't have to win on turn one with a dredge deck. No, I, well, I think it basically it, it adds to kind of a deck archetype that was fringe modern playable. That kind of yeah. like gives it because I mean the other thing that uh, kind of people are ignoring about the card is everyone just sees well, okay well it dredges an extra card or whatever. It's also the fact that like bringing putting it into play is a huge creature, whereas the other ones you have uh, Golgari Thug and Stinkweedim being like the two bigger dredges after that are just like you know one twos or yeah one, one, yeah, or one ones think, yeah one ones and the other, which are basically just like eh, whatever this doesn't really do anything, whereas Grave Troll's like bam. I'm huge. Deal with me. Yeah. And, as I said earlier, Alicia does bring him back, tapped and attacking. That is true. Because he has With a full graveyard. Yes. And so, you know, that's that's not a negligible effect. As a a quick aside for people at home who are like, well, no, it gets huge. Uh, Grave Troll puts counters are placed on him. It's not uh, Lord of Extinction style. Or Tarmogoyf. That too. Also, Night Howler is the same way. Yes. Which is standard relevant. Um, yeah, like there are some there are some applications with Golgari Grave Troll. Like that Dredge deck was already somewhat of a thing. 
And if you can play it with stuff like, uh, you know, like Tormenting Voice, Lotless Troll, maybe Zombie Infestation, you can churn through your deck really quickly and then just get to the point where you go, cast Alicia. Anger's in modern, right? Is Anger in modern? Anger. The card, Anger. Oh, uh, yes. It was, it's the time shifter one, if I'm not mistaken. I'll just double check that to make sure. I don't think so, you know, now that I think about it. Oh, no, it wasn't. What was the time-shifted one? It's not a modern. No, I've just seen it in the modern border, because it's in, like, 17 different dual decks. Eh, not that many, but, you know, but, close enough. But, but yes. uh, it's, possi- it's possible that you just you just play Alicia, bring him back, destroy a face. So you're saying you should play some Jun colors. You wouldn't know anything about that, though. Uh, good point. I suppose you can also play Naya, but go with the Jund colors. Yeah, I think Jund is better, because a lot less Troll, Soul Flare, which I still want to do, um, possibly Varols, but I think Varols wants a different deck. Are you just like trying to like get Joshua Lemish all excited there by mentioning Varols? I never want to think about Joshua Lemish, let alone when he's excited. Oh, alright. Asides for graveyard decks, uh, there's two more bannings that happened. Dig Through Time was banned pretty much because they just figured that at some point it would have to get banned if they didn't ban it right away, I imagine. Well, I think the reason that they gave I don't particularly like. Neither do I. But I do understand why they banned it. And it's not... To me, it makes more sense to say we're banning it because... And they used to do this. If we ban Treasure Cruise and leave Dig then the dig-get decks become too powerful. Right, that makes sense to me. Like, I, I was very much on the side of you can ban it or you don't have to ban it, and I'm, I was okay with either one. Like, I, I understand both sides of the coins on the side of not banning it. Uh, two mana is a whole lot more than one mana, and you get one card less. Admittedly, you get selection, but you get one card less. Whereas on the other side is... The dig decks would get much, would get more, uh, get stronger, and if by banning treasure clues, people could just replace it with dig, uh, reasonably well and just move on from there. So I understand both sides of the coin, and it's not like say particularly upsetting one side or the other. If one happened, I'd be fine with it. If the other happened, I'd be fine with oh, it. I don't, I don't. It's it's disappointing to me because I was playing it. I was playing it in the Scapeshift Twin Busted Hybrid deck that I was playing. Oh, yes, your, uh, twi- your Twin Shift. Which is incredibly fun, and I still say is a very powerful deck. Or Scape. No, Twin Shift sounds way better. I don't know how playable it's going to be without Dig, because Dig let you play three of a Wing Con and four Dig. And yep. now if you have to play more of the Wing Cons, you don't have the flexibility. I can agree with that. And the last card that was banned is the card that brought Travis to tears. El Signor Birthing Pod. Yeah. Um, this was always going to happen. Yeah. 100% people the, think... It, the, yeah. The, the only question was when. Simply put, I mean, the more sets come out, the more creatures that come out, the, more, the better that this card gets. Uh, and it's just, I mean, you, Wizards obviously gave the argument that, you know, it won a GPs in the past, 
Uh, it's consistently there, and obviously that's fine, right? It's it's a attrition creature deck uh, that's kind of better than the other uh, creature decks that exist. But I mean, at the same time, it, it it was going to get banned. It was going to happen, you know, sooner rather than later. I think just because it's it was kind of like always prevalent. Obviously, it sucks for the people that invested in modern because you know wizards is basically like this is an eternal format that's more accessible to people that you can basically just build a pet deck and you can play it and for a lot of people that pet deck was birthing pod but unfortunately it's kind of one of the things that happened and i think you hit the nail right on the head the card is just going to get better with every set release yeah it's i mean that's that's what it is I've been writing an article about this, and one of the points I'm making in the article is every year a new card has been added, starting with, uh, even with Avacyn Restored, you know, Restoration Angel. Then you go to Return to Ravnica, you've got Abrupt Decay added. You go to Dragon's Maze with Voice of Resurgence. Uh, Theros added stuff like Eidolon of Rhetoric to the board. You know, um, Sin Collector out of Gate Crash. There was a card, another card of the Theros block that I've forgotten. And now, most recently, things like Siege Rhino. Right? Like, yep. And I mean, it's just going to kind of increase. Um, I, I've heard people saying, well, Dramoka could go in. I heard people talking about possibly playing Alicia in the deck. You know, there was talk of. Uh, um, of yourself, not yourself. Uh, I can't remember. There was another card, and it's in my article, so you can read that on Manager Prime when it goes up. Um, there are a lot of cards that are constantly just being printed that go straight into Pod, and Pod didn't need to get any better. Agreed. So yes, it sucks. I have Pod too. I bought all the cards for Pod. You know, I've been foiling it out slowly, but starting with cards that I think will continue to see play, so I didn't do stupid things like foil Linvala. No. Then you would have been super baller. I think the only thing disappointing about this ban-restricted announcement was that there weren't, like, more cards that were unbanned in Modern. I could agree with that. Like, I, I think... don't think we're going to agree on which ones, though. Hmm. Alright, what would you have gone with? Uh, I, I agree with Grave Troll. I think that should have never been banned in the first place, so... Well, oh, they were scared. I, no, I, and I, I understand that, but I think it should just never been banned in the first place. I also would have been fine with Ancestral Visions. Yeah, no problems with that. Like, Cascade is... I mean, you're you're not really, you know, building a Cascade deck around that, and... If Shardless Agent was in the format, then maybe it might be slightly better, but otherwise, not really. And I would have switched Batterskull and Stoneforge Mystic. No, you can't do that. Why not? Because, again, it's the birthing pot argument. Stoneforge Mystic just gets better over time because you have more and more equipments that are printed for it. Well, true, but 
When was the last broken equipment they placed? They they printed. Well, I was I was gonna say it's, I think they kind of were like after printing Batterskull, like let's go back to printing terrible equipment. I mean, there's there's been some playable ones like Runechanter's Pike Saw Play. Uh, that's about it, though, right? Jeez, has it really been? Was that really the last equipment that actually saw play? Uh, no. Well, they printed Ghost Fireblade. Yeah, but that hasn't seen any standard play yet. In Theros, there's nothing. I mean, Heroes Blade might see some play. Uh, we might see... We no, there's none. They, might like, see some maybe? Because Mono Black, Mono Blue, uh, Blue Red Control, and the Green Red Aggro decks from the previous format didn't play equipments either. So, yeah, you'd have no. to go back to Rune Changer's Pike. Actually, you know, I can see Godsend seeing some play, too. <laughs> oh, Lansdale. You crap no, no, sometimes. Do, that card, you, you don't understand how powerful that card is until you've actually played with it. I'll take your word for it. No, I mean, you can look at the card and tell that it's powerful. Yes, it's really expensive, but the card has very powerful text. Yes, but, I mean, it's like a six-mana investment, right? Well, over two turns, you don't have to pay the six-mana all at once, and the first three-mana only has to be paid once. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not particularly efficient. Uh, I disagree. It doesn't target. It gets rid of literally anything. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the best card in standard. I'm not stupid. But, yeah, I, I don't think you could have unbanned um, Stoneforge Mystic. It would have Not just... without banning something else, I agree. Well, one, that, and two, people would have just been in an uproar because they're like, Stoneforge Mystic, this is terrible. Especially, I think to add to it, you can't ban Birthing Pot and then unban Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, maybe. You could have unbanned Green Sun Zenith. Oh yes, that card too. I, like I'm perfectly fine with banning that card. I I don't uh, think it makes decks particularly better. Like I assume you want Bloodbraid back. I mean, I I can totally see unbanning it. I don't think uh, I, but I don't think they'll unban it for a while, just because they don't want to be like, well, we banned it and then we unbanned it because we made a mistake. I I think it'll be. Probably at least a year. I, I'd be surprised if, uh, come the release of the next fall set, if Blood Raid was legal. Yeah, you're probably right. It's it, it's too powerful to take off right now. I mean, the thing is, it might give us some relief from the monotony of Siege Rhino decks. Well, I mean, on the flip side, um, do you really want to be playing Blood Raid over Siege Rhino? Well, it does give me Bolt over Path. Right, but... I like, if, if I go... You're like, oh, Bloodbraid Elf, into, like, say, Bolt, and then, I don't know, like, Bolt something, or, like, Bolt my face, and I'm like, Siege Rhino. Wouldn't you rather just be, like, Siege Rhino? Well, yes. But there is also the Taco Bell argument, or the, the Old El Paso argument. The Taco... Oh, why not both? Porque no los dos. I was like, what is the Taco Bell argument? <laughs> I've never heard of this before. 
but yeah, overall, I mean, there's nothing. Uh, I I I think you could adequately, uh, accurately have predicted what was getting banned in um, in modern and legacy. The the unbans are slightly more surprising just because wizards actually unban stuff. Yeah. But again, you know, Grave Troll easily could be unbanned, that's fine. Gifts Ungiven, not as oppressive a vintage metagame as there is now, and then <laughs> World Gorger Dragon is still my favorite unre- reason to be unbanned. Isn't Gristlebrand just better? <laughs> yeah, this card could be broken, but we think there's more broken stuff, so mice. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, man. All right, that's going to bring an end to the topics that we had to discuss. So, Will, random moment of geekery. Go. Aren't you supposed to say go? Oh, uh, whatever. Uh, Archer came back. So, Did it? Yes. So, okay. if you guys have somehow been living under a rock, which one of my coworkers seems to have, and has never seen Archer before, shame on you, and go watch Archer. Well, yeah, he's, he's, what, slightly older than I am? And I was like, Archer, and he's like, I don't understand that. Because uh, he was going to meet with a client that sells, or that builds fighter jets. And I was like, so you're going to the danger zone! He was like, I don't get the... He's like, oh, you mean the Kenny Loggins song? I was like... Well, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that, but that that's not the the reference I was getting at. Okay, then. Hey. So I had to explain it, and it didn't go well, and yeah. So, sure. Archer is back. Go go watch it. I can't. Well, I, I realize you don't get internet out in your part of the world. I do get internet. I just don't pay for cable, so... You can get stuff for free online. Get out of this city. I, if I was in that city, if the city you're in, I would gladly, gladly get out. All right, bud, you're up. Random moment to geekery. You know, I was trying to think of one, and then I realized I'd spent my whole weekend playing Magic. And then I realized, but wait, the awesome part was I got to play Two-Headed Giant with my son on Saturday night. And, you know, we didn't win the tournament. We did pretty well. We went 3-2. and two, And we had a ton of fun. You know, we pulled off some ridiculous plays. All three of our wins were on just huge blowouts for huge amounts of damage. And it reminded me why I love magic so much. You know, it's really easy to get stuck in the spiky mindset. I've been doing pretty well, winning a few tournaments and you know, getting some good results. And it, it really changed my outlook on the game, possibly for the worse. Now, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy winning. But it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that this is still a game and there are a lot of fun things you can do in this game that don't necessarily involve also winning. So this is going to seem extremely weird coming from me, right? Because, well, whatever. But uh, I I think the, if if you want to play 2HD and you like want to basically choose a partner to partner up with, you and your partner need to be of the understanding that we're we're playing this for like you know shits and giggles. We're ha- we're having a good time. 
which is yes, at, which is kind of like huge because I, I remember the first few times I played two HG, it was with people that I was like, well, I'm competitive and they're competitive and we're like decent players, so let's do this. And it was just kind of miserable as an experience. Obviously, one because it's different than an actual game of Magic, but two because we were just you know trying to win win and like that's that's kind of, I mean obviously it's the point but not to the same extent whereas playing with people that I was you know it was just kind of hey whatever let's just you know do this and see where it goes was one more successful on the winning standpoint and two just far more enjoyable cuz we'd be building decks that are ridiculous, just have these weird kind of things going on. I mean, I remember Avacyn Restored, for example. My deck had double Archwing Dragon, whereas my opponent's deck had, like, double Devastation Tide and double Terminus. So we were just playing the deck that was <laughs> sweepers of removal with just, like, four you a turn. Or in later on, eight you a turn. Oh, which, man. Which is just, like, ridiculous as a deck. You, If you were playing, you know say, just one-on-one, -on -one, there's no way you would build this deck, but in 2HG, perfectly reasonable as a deck. <laughs> I, when I play two-headed, there are three things that are a must. My team name must be ridiculous. Okay. The decks must be as many cards as we want to play, and not necessarily 40. And we must have fun. So my last four team names, well, obviously with my son... The, that was two Lansdells, one cup. <laughs> wow. Your son's I, like 12. He's almost 14. And it was his suggestion. <laughs> I played with my friend Melinda, who is a redhead. And our name was The Ginger Anagram. That might take a little while to sink in. Only uh, probably a lot, but yes. <laughs> Uh, my friend Roger, whose last name is Ivany. We were Ebony and Ivany. Of course. And my friend John, who's Italian, and whose last name is Gian Grande. Well, we were Mochaccino Grande. <laughs> uh, my favorite team name was still uh, when I teamed up with uh, Eugene Ho, which obviously made us the Blonde House. <laughs> more like the Juntos. Uh, Wait, how, how did you get Eugene's face separated from John Stan's ass long enough to play two-headed giant with him? Uh, this was like back in the day. Like, oh right, okay. What was it? Uh, Innistrad block, or like Innistrad had? I think it was like for Innistrad that it was that. Possibly, it may have even been like another one, but yeah. So it was, uh, it was a long time ago. I see. Mm -hmm. That was a while ago. A little bit. Cool. All right. So on that note, let's wrap this baby up. So for Will and for the suddenly absent, or should I say unexpectedly absent, Travis, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion. Oh,